You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. So folks thought you were a gal? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he would just um, give me, like, a script loosely of, like, what he wanted me to say. And then we would just go for it. I actually didn't know how it was going to turn out at all. I only knew my part. I think that's what made it so believable. Um, I didn't get like a full script, so I just got my stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you got so the. Go yeah, so I didn't know what the, I, so I didn't know what the other actors were saying, and I didn't really know. I only knew what I knew, so that makes it very believable that I only knew what Gail, uh, sorry, Gal, Gal knew. So yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, Horror in the High Desert 2, Minerva, is 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 out. What's it been like? Uh, I think recently you had a showing and things like that related to that film. Yeah, we went to um, the Found Footage Festival, unnamed Found Footage Festival in San Francisco. And I waited to watch it because I thought that would be really cool to see it on a big screen. Um Actually, like, also haven't been to a, a movie in a movie theater in a long time. Uh, so that was cool. Yeah, it's it's way more uh, it, it's way more into it. It's not as slow of a burn, I should say, without giving too much away. Kind of Dutch jumps right in to like some pretty um, spooky found footage stuff. Um, but it's been really fun. I mean. They welcomed us with open arms. It's a really great festival with really amazing people. And they were so sweet and so nice. And they loved the movies. So, I mean, who doesn't love getting love? Yeah, well, the, movie, the movies are the completely excellent. And your performance in them is 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 just great. It's just like super, oh, super noticeable. And um, I've watched, uh, I watched your other films. So I, I really enjoy your work not to be missed within it is 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 your performance and that really unique in the first one in the unique way of saying like how that was put together you mentioned on the second one that you waited to to watch it and you hadn't been in the film for had you done that before i'm just curious about the experience of like you finish this film and it's like i don't know how you don't watch it but so what was that like going in um it was really exciting i just wanted to watch it in the big theater i was in a uh I've been in a couple other movies that have been in film festivals and I always think that the energy with a big crowd and seeing how everyone reacts is just way more fun than watching it alone in my living room. Um, so I wanted to wait. Um, whether they liked it or not, I still love hearing people's reactions, even if it's even if it's negative. Um, it's just interesting. It's also interesting because they don't know maybe that you're in there listening. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> hanging around with your popcorn in you, Doctor. Yeah, Pepper, nearby just to right. You know, yeah, the director. The director actually just stood in the back of the theater and like paced a bit. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't sit still? What an ex what an experience! Uh, yeah. I've seen uh, you in the film uh, Infernum and uh, Wonder Valley, and you've done a bunch of uh, uh, horror movies. Is that come? Where's that come from? I, I mean, I, I think you said um, really you really dig on on horror movies. So, like, what's your relationship to horror? Yeah, my my dad really got me into horror movies when I was a kid. Um, he's his big thing was kids love to be scared. So, 
I remember seeing uh, Psycho and Village of the Damned when I was younger. Uh, and then I remember once he took me to see Pet Cemetery in the movie theater. Um, and he didn't tell me really what it was about. And it really scared me. And yeah. I just got like a love for horror movies. We would, my cousins and I would go to the video store and try to rent scary movies. And somehow my mom just didn't care and let us <laughs> watch some pretty disturbing stuff as kids. It happens when you dabble with the horror. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I came out here to LA to do acting, I, I just fell into it. My first couple of movies that I did were horror and it's like a small family. So once you do one, people know you from that one. And then someone on that one's working on a new one. And then they're like, oh, you should be on this one. And you, before you know it, that's just your genre. And I, I love it. I wouldn't change it. I think making horror movies are the most fun. I've done a couple other types of movies and horror. There's just a, an energy about it. And everyone on set is just trying to really make something fun and cool. And it's just a good time. So, I yeah, it. I um, I think what there's something. I mean, horror film is a different experience for a lot of people. Some people can't watch it, and I know that you know it has like an impact on you. But like the, I think the viewer a lot of times thinks about that, like they're going yeah. for that to get that that energy out. And I, I tell you, I've never had experiences comparable to watching horror movies. Like I watched. Uh, paranormal activity for the first time in the theater and i walked out of that theater and i was standing outside a car i was scared shitless like i was like do i talk to somebody <laughs> it was just it scared me so much it felt so real and there's something about horror movies i think of when i watched poltergeist so i was at that tender age yeah like 12 or 13 or something with poltergeist and you know, as far as a feature film, just the the images and stuff, it's there's something thrilling if you if if you look for experiences um, that that can come from horror movies where you're like, I'm really affected right now. Yeah, I thought Blair Witch was real when I first went to the theater. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe the family is exploiting their children. <laughs> yeah, was, that was messed. That was messed up. And it was like the sticks in the woods and the witchiness oh, yeah. of like Maryland. Like I had. I lived in Maryland for a bit and like, I just knew that area and that creepy uh, something about that, that just, that hit just, that hit just right. You know, yeah. um, what I find interesting about the, the, the horror that I've seen you do is the location of the desert and the high desert. So I'm an East coast guy i lived in the midwest and i live in the pacific northwest right now and i've lived in the desert in uh klamath falls on the opposite side of the the range here in oregon and i've been to new mexico and arizona and it's a newer environment for me but i i found it fascinating watching horror where you're performing within that realm because i don't think that way i think jason i think the woods i'm scared of the woods i think yeah. uh, certain things and i think of the desert is like full of mystery and some of the sound dynamics that are going on in the films that you there. What do you think about um, your experience? Am I building it up too much? But the, the, the desert is a place for horror. Um, yeah, I know this one came because this is where Dutch is from. Uh, he grew up in a little town of Ely, Nevada. Um, so I think for him, it was just making something while he was at home during the pandemic. Um, I've been in other horror movies 
that have been in the desert. Um, and I think it's also uh, convenience for a lot of filmmakers out here in LA because it is so quick. You can just drive like two hours and then you're in the desert. Um, yeah. But I think the vastness of it is really scary. Um, you could definitely hide a body out there and no one would know. I mean, we did some rogue filming for, I was in a movie called American Mummy. And I don't think we were supposed to be out there, but no one ever stopped us because we were just in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like no one even knew we were making a movie yeah. out there because that's how vast and you're just alone. And I mean, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued by the desert. I think I'm, uh, I'm not exposed to it enough. So I still share some of the kind of like romantic ideas of it. And there's this brute reality of the desert that I would certainly <laughs> respect before heading in like yeah like me. the hills have eyes is like I think in the desert too and that it's just everything's dead if you think about it too very it takes you have to have a really hard thick skin to survive and live out there and so if you can imagine what's been living out there and wants to do you harm I mean that's terrifying <laughs> Yeah, well, one of the things I picked up on when I, f I first went to um, Albuquerque, I went a couple times last year, first time in my life, but I felt right off the bat as soon as I got there um, that there was just a different energy, like that was moving through, and it was like dust and dry and desert. But I was like, this yeah. is this is completely different from the the tree respiration of the Pacific Northwest. It was just a yeah. vibe, yeah. Yeah, I think like because the woods, you can try to survive. There's things that are there to help you survive. And I think in the desert, it's yeah. just an environment that's like actively trying to kill you. So <laughs> You just scared me a little more. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> At least in the in the woods, it's, you got some stuff you could find out there. Yeah. Where is water? No, exactly. No, yeah. no water. Um, yeah. No, I, I th thanks for chatting about that. Um, I gotta ask you about uh, your work as a puppeteer. Tell me about uh, tell me about puppets. I um, I have a friend uh, of mine who is a puppet. She buys really nice puppets, and she is a puppeteer with them. And I find that uh, a couple you know older adults like myself we kind of track her down and be like. Do a puppet show for us. So, um, love puppets. What a, what's your what's your relationship and work with um, uh, puppets? Yeah, that's it's a funny story. My um, I was working at a coffee shop when I first came to LA, and there was a guy that would street perform in front of the coffee shop a lot, and I I thought he was homeless, so I would constantly be giving him free coffee and free food. And in turn, he just thought that I really liked him because he wasn't homeless. He was just a puppeteer street. <laughs> and uh, we became really good friends. And he was house sitting once. And he was like, do you want to come to this house that I'm house sitting? And I was like, sure. And I went up into like the Hollywood Hills. And this person that he was house sitting for just had puppets everywhere, like Kermit the Frog and all the labyrinth puppets and wow, talk about Jim Henson stuff. I mean, wow. yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, this person's obsessed with puppets. And he was like, yeah, well, this is um, this is Heather Henson's house. This is Jim Henson's daughter. And I was like, so is this really Kermit? <laughs> like, is this like Miss is this, Piggy? This is like Kermit. the Miss Piggy. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you know, probably it's definitely like a prototype. I was like, oh, this is crazy, and. 
I just loved the kind of puppeteering he did. He's um, his name's Eli Presser, and he does these like beautiful, almost like Tim Burtony type of like spooky puppets. And I had just never seen anything like it. And I was like, I want to do what you do. And he's like, okay. And so he just trained me one day. And I would street perform with him. And then we just started working on music videos together. And he was like, you have a knack for this. Um, I worked briefly at Bob Baker Marionette Theater here in Los Angeles doing puppet shows. And yeah, I just, I, I guess I just sort of fell into it. I didn't like set out to be a puppeteer. I had no idea that it was even a skill that I could do. No, it's not um, now I've done you talk about all the time when you're a kid. Yeah, I've done like a lot of really cool, like immersive theater, like horror immersive theater out here with a um, with a group called like Creep LA and doing puppets for them. And yeah, it's just did a couple like music videos for Nora Jones, um, Seawolf. Uh, it's just been a crazy ride and. Yeah, I, I just fell into it. I don't even know what happened, but I love it. I love I love doing it. It's yeah. it's really weird. And the weirder we do a lot of really weird puppet shows. So like it's like outside the box of you know your normal like Jim Henson puppets or Mary Nuts. We kind of push the envelope of odd and spooky. I, uh, I, I like this. I like this vibe. I do have to tell you that the, uh, for the podcast, I have announced roles at time and I do have a patron saint of the show and her name's Avizia, uh, Dakini and she does, um, puppeteering. Uh, it's a Jesus puppet and, uh, it's should have a disclaimer. That's another topic, but, um, <laughs> the, the, the show has been friendly, uh, uh, to puppeteering. I, I, you know, I've, I think of like the Henson and um, the Muppets. It's like, it's such an outsized impact on my brain and mind. Again, maybe growing up when I did as well, growing up in the yeah. 80s and stuff, like it's such a huge impact. And I think like uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol is one of the most beautiful, sweet, like movies, maybe the best ho holiday movie I've ever seen. And I just, I thought about that last couple of years, just like with the puppets and like the conveyance of like, I don't know all that yeah. stuff that is pretty magical. I don't know. So I'm down with the puppets. So thank you for. Yeah. Knowing. My friend, my friend is Thanksgiving every year and we go to his house and his tradition is to watch a episode from the Muppet show. So. Love it. Yeah. Muppet show time. Um, I want to chat with you about uh, art because it's like, looking sure. at some of the things you've done and some of your interests and some of the things you've already talked about um what's been your what's been your relationship with 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 art um did you see yourself as an artist at a particular point in your life um i don't know i think i just saw myself as an only child and wanting to be the center of attention um at all times <laughs> and that just kind of like fell into any type of theater. I was, I did, I was a dance kid. Um, I did like dance recitals when I was really young, community theater. Um, my dad's really into music. My dad's a record producer. And so I grew up with like pretty artistic um, household. Uh, and acting was just something that, I mean, I would do, I was, you have to keep yourself busy as an only child. So I would constantly be like, 
I'd have my Barbies and I would act out a whole entire show. I would write it out first. And I think that just stemmed into any type of way of expressing myself, whether it's through acting, really bad karaoke, um, puppets. Um, I'm not like an artist of like painting wise, I don't think, um, though I do like wine and paint nights. Those are always fun. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I, I think it, you know, what I do is an art form. So yeah, I, I, I just, I didn't think I set out to be an artist when I was really young. I just kind of knew what I liked to do to have fun. And I wanted to continue to do that for like the rest of my life somehow. Yeah. I didn't want to like the nine to five job. So, um, I wanted to make this work. And so, yeah, yeah, I, um, you know, it, it does sound always like uh, as an identity question, an uh, interesting one. I always get, you know, different answers because I know sometimes and like it has to do with the definition of what an artist is when you answer the question. Right. So I would look at the things that you do externally, not knowing you, but seeing like your performances and things and seeing like the the puppeteering and hearing you talk about um uh, always wanting to perform in theater and, you know, just like that whole performance or the, uh, intent to, um, to create. Um, so I always, I like, sometimes I'm, I'm have an artist that I see a particular way and they come on the show and they're like, well, I'm not really an artist. Like I'm something different, you know, like I'm something different. And, uh, so leading into the question, uh, of what, art is um i was wondering your opinion on what is art what do you think art is um i think art is just a way of a self-expression um whether it comes out in acting music singing painting um every character i play is an extension of myself i always try to put myself in um every character one way or the other because otherwise i don't feel like i'm real um, and I want all my characters to be real. <laughs> I don't want to seem like I'm acting. So, yeah, I think art is just uh, an expression of yourself, um, putting yourself out there, um, being vulnerable um, and taking a chance. Uh, whether it's well received or not, you still you learn either way. Um, and, you know, even bad press is good press. Any press is good press. <laughs> so... That I've, yeah. that I've learned and been told and nobody's, yeah. nobody's disproved it exactly. I mean, sometimes when I hear that a movie has gotten terrible reviews, I immediately want to watch it. So oh, I, I'm the, I'm the, I don't, I mean, in horror in horror reviews, I, I, I would say for myself is like when there's positive and attentive thinking going to horror and analyzing it and criticizing, that's a different beast than subjecting horror movies to the regular critical view it doesn't fit in it doesn't yeah. it's never it's never good enough so i find reviews in horror to be the ones you have to parse out the most because they're incredibly unreliable yeah and you gotta you know when you read in the review of somebody who understands hard they don't have to be obsessed about it but somebody understands what's being attempted with the with the film and then it's like there's a cure and a consideration of you're operating within safe found footage and horror and what techniques are being used. And I think sometimes there's a blunt analysis of this doesn't look like Gallipoli. So. Yeah. 
it su- sucks. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely good when you get a good review on like um a definite like a Fangoria or Dread Central or one of those like that specialize in horror movies and watching horror movies and they know horror. Yeah. One of the things I've enjoyed on the show is um and uh horror movies i've had a couple directors of uh friday the 13th fan films that have kind of continued on from the friday the 13th fan uh, franchise and they're they're really high quality and um i've i've really enjoyed having uh james sweet and vincent desanti on on the show and being able to drop in um to like film horror is a real treat and those are kind of like kickstarter films and stuff so there tends to be a lot of uh uh, community around that. Um, related to your thoughts about art, I wanted to ask you, Susie, what you think the role of art is? And and I've asked this recently in the sense of, as I've talked to folks recently, I don't know, it's politics and climate change and I don't know, the way the world feels now in 2023 versus, at least for me, versus a yeah. few years ago. Has the role of art changed or do you think it's, you know, it, it's, um, is- I think it's, I actually think it's needed even more, to be honest, um, yeah. with the way our world is. Um, I think people need the outlet. Uh, they need that, like, they need the entertainment. They need something to inspire them. They need um, something to, that speaks to them, uh, whatever kind of art it is. So I, I think I think it's even more important. I think it's going to keep growing in importance as, yeah. I mean, it's always really been important if you look back on history too. Like that's always everyone's, when things were bad and things were hard, everyone would, you know, look to art, look to going to the theater, look to reading books, look to, you know, going to a museum and that sort of thing. So yeah, did I answer the question? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like forgot it halfway but through with this show. With this show, I mean, and it's 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 respectful of the quality <laughs> within the show with me and my guests. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't call people back. Or yeah, it's like let's keep going. Um, so one of the things I was I was interested in um, in in as, as far as your thoughts, uh, your thoughts on art uh, being. Um, more important now one of the things i was i've been wondering lately is uh i would say it's both uh a very tangible obsession with crime horror you know you see within podcasts you see it within culture and stuff and in my head and being a horror fan and thinking about like the pandemic or thinking like deep into that like what's happened with people susie what's going on with people like tripping out on like all the horror and true crime do you do you know what's going on it feels very palpable and huge um i mean i'm guilty for that <laughs> I'm guilty too. we're guilty parties there's no reason for defense here i i um i don't know i think it's the psychology of it for me i can't speak for everyone um i love watching true crime and i love watching anything um about serial killers or just people that have like flipped their lid because like, I just want to know why I, I want to know what happened. I want to like the psychology. I want to know what's in their brain and why their brain is the way that it is, which 
because for me, it's just, that's just so crazy of a way to be. And I, I could never imagine doing that. So I want to know what is going on, like inside their head. Um, so I, I obsessively listen to that stuff. And it's not, it's not like um, I'm not idolizing anyone that commits crime like that. I just yeah, am so I curious to know, like, why? Like, why? Like, what happened? I mean, a lot of it, it seems to stem from childhood trauma, um, but sometimes not always. Sometimes it's just someone who just kind of was totally okay and then just, like, snapped. Um, yeah. So it's like, I know it's, there's that psychological piece of of figuring that out. When I... um. I went to, um, I studied philosophy. I have creds. I studied philosophy at Marquette University, um, mid nineties. And I lived four blocks from where Dahmer's, uh, apartment building was. And the, um, I could see the ambassador hotel from where like my apartment was, it was like one block over that way where I, and I, I, you know, it's like a deep fascination with the, the true horror like there's this um like the apartment buildings demolished but i just stare at it and see what's there it's like it's really strange uh particularly in like industrial wisconsin like in yeah old months you know that type of thing wisconsin's pretty big on midwest is pretty good on the the history of <laughs> serial killers you go to the midwest you can spend a lot of time there but yeah I think a lot of the psychology is what really um what really becomes like uh fascinating or like why the heck somebody or like did they snap or is like in all also when you hear them like a serial killer talk and you start to like listen to them and they talk I don't know say normal but like you're listening to them talk and you're like I don't want to keep following your brain that way but there's yeah there's this kind of trickery or something um yeah well, uh, that's probably somebody's PhD thesis, and we shouldn't really. <laughs> I mean, part of me wanted to go into like criminal psychology when I was, um, when I was in college, just because I was so fascinated with, with how that part of the brain functioned and why it worked the way it worked or didn't work, or yeah. But so what? Um, and speaking of. Uh, finally we'll leave this horror piece here but i, I was thinking of the the the, the desert in la and like uh, i've been long fascinated by the 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 manson family and 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 that um there i thought of the desert now because we were talking about it yeah about it uh uh earlier and um is uh is is is, is culturally what i wanted to ask about that culturally the whole thing with that is that like is that a mythos uh down there is it so far away or is it kind of like still have this spooky element of like this you know the 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 terror and the horror of the late 60s the killing of a starlet the all of that um i mean i listen to it's funny i i think it's still happening i think we just don't know much about I listen to a lot of podcasts about true crime that still kind of goes on in oh, wow. Hollywood yeah. and Los Angeles, and it's still so spooky. Um, Charles Manson, you know, being one, I think everyone's obsessed with with him and his story because, you know, he didn't actually. For him being able to convince a bunch of people to do something for him is just crazy and so powerful. And that's so scary. Yeah, that was I think that's the core of it right there. Right. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I've never, um, it's one, it's on one of my bucket lists to go to, um, where he kind of, his little hideout is in the desert. I haven't. Spawn ranch. Spawn ranch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I kind of see. I don't, without trying to glorify it too much. I'm just, just, it's mostly curiosity. Like I, I definitely don't want to like, I'm not like someone who is like, oh my gosh, I love Charles Manson. <laughs> But I'm just so curious. Well, there's Hollywood stuff there, and not like like you know the Spawn Ranch being like the kind of the old westerns, you know, like where they would film some of the westerns and have like the horses from there, and that's that part of Hollywood was dying, and like you had people on that ranch who were like existing, but they were just kind of out in the desert, kind of like yeah, floated away from L.A. and they just and they just. Um, moved in it's a strange space to think of and i think in relation to la obviously tarantino built yeah. up as far as the connection to hollywood but there's a there's an la underbelly or horror or ghosts or something uh in there i think so you're from michigan Susie. yeah i was yeah. gonna say real quick it's funny you bring up charles manson too yeah. in in wonder valley um i think you said you watched wonder yeah. valley yeah. um we filmed supposedly there's like a room where I'm sitting in and not to give away too much, but I'm getting being forced to eat really gross meat. <laughs> that yes, scene. Yes, yes, that, yes. that house that we filmed in was apparently um, Charles Manson's like childhood home briefly ah. when he was like two or three years old. And the woman that let us film there, the reason she let us film there and let it, because it was so gross is because she was in the middle of redoing it to have it be like, a B&B &B where people could stay in Charles Manson's childhood home. It was really spooky. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I was starting to ask you about Michigan. Let's not go anywhere yet. No. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I, I wanted, like, yeah, I don't know if, if she ever fixed it up or if it actually is rented, you know, rentable now. But um, I mean, we were filming there at night too. And it was always just, something always felt off and I know he only lived there when he was a little kid supposedly that's what this woman said but uh it definitely was so spooky filming there I mean it's so quiet even nothing around if he was there young, yeah I mean even if he was there when he was younger he was it was a deep delinquency like off like I mean like really early yeah. on with him so I think about like uh the energies and um must have felt weird being just being out there then you didn't know yeah. that then or like they were like hey no, we do that then oh, when we were filming she like yeah. told us she was very yeah. proud of it um so she told us all about it <laughs> i don't know if she had any proof but this is like you know she's a woman who's living in the desert so um let's ask i would like to think it's not made up i would like you know i like to think that it was true Let's ask a different art question then like, okay. <laughs> to our conversation, right? I think about, um, so uh, what's his name? Uh, Bobby Beausoleil, uh, one of the killers in, in the, the Manson family. He's an artist in, in prison, right? And so I've been fascinated and say, what do you do with arts, with art from the hands of a killer? And what do we do with Charles Manson songs, which catch your ear? Because I've listened to Charles Manson songs because I'm, deeply fascinated by what that is and what happens when a Manson song catches your ear. What do we do with that type of stuff? Or what do you do? What do you suggest? Like any ideas? Um, I don't know if there's a way to uh, 
part of me doesn't want to support them at all because they're killers. Yeah, I mean, it's... And, like, I just, I don't want to, like... But at the same time, is there a way to separate um, their art f- for what they what they did? Is their art really good? Or, yeah, is it is it because they're who they are? Or do we really like it because right. um, it's it's catching our eye? Or is it catching our eye and ear because of who they are? You know, their, their pen or their paint was you know that was that was on it i think it's i thought it was just an interesting question because like let's say somebody let's say both soleil all right so he was uh he was you know convicted killer and let's say right after that he goes through an intense completely religious conversion a true follower of christ in all past right deep sinner now i'm there and now he does other types of 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 art i've always thought of like those type of questions of like can we ever receive should we ever receive art and and you know from there and if we do you know do we buy it because the money goes to the victims fund or can you buy it when you know i I think those things just fascinate me and um yeah, it's like well, Gacy was an artist too, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So you're like, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't. Maybe if the money goes somewhere good, but then do you want to have that art in your house? Yeah, I know. It's... I don't. I don't know if I would be proud of that. I would be like, uh... energy can travel, and I know for some folks it'd be like, nah, like you don't even put that even, like, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Oh, it's hard because it's like whether or not if if they're redeemed, if they're a better person, if they've changed, can people really change? Can people that do that change? I don't know. I I I I have no idea. Only they know if they really have become um, you know, if they've really have become a different person and decided that what they did was wrong. Um yeah, it's hard. I and I watch a lot of like stuff too about people who are in prison and listen to like their stories and how they feel now. And half of me is like, I totally believe that they feel really bad. And the other half is like, Oh, but are they fucking with me? Right. <laughs> like, you did too much. It's like, the yeah, I, just, like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, it's that's, that that's in their heart and soul, I guess they have to, I don't know if I would want to buy their art though. I might just give money to the the victims fund and then the art can just go somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. You can burn it or something. Well, thanks for kicking this one around. <laughs> Boy, I don't I don't know. I even think it shows up sometimes on film, right? So like, let me let me if you'd indulge me, like uh sure. you're thinking about The Shining, right? Okay. Shelley Duvall. Right? So the text, the 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 film, the what's captured there is tied to our heads and what we know now to be some sort of psychological abuse. Uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a remnant. Now you're watching the shining, which for me is a, a brilliant film, just for me, just my opinion. And um, you're watching some sort of video of distress or acting. And it gets, it's been weirder for me watching that film recently. I still watch it. Yeah. It's weirder though. It it's yeah. I mean, I've had I've had directors too where I've had to be. I don't want to say pushed, but um, I guess triggered. Uh, whether or not it's it was crossing a boundary, I don't know. It definitely got um, it definitely got the performance that was needed. Um, uh, I try to like carpent, car, like put it in one section on my brain. <laughs> I can't say that word. I'm I 
compartmentalize. I, I didn't know if I would. I didn't know if I'd get it right. But I yeah, it. I'm terrible with pronunciation. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like I, there's that one too. The the hills. No, no. The um. Oh. It's on the tip of my tongue where she was like uh, fake raped, but then she comes out later saying, uh, I spit on your grave. Oh, yeah. Sure, of course. In there's the, like, like a early there's like a really tremendous like rape scene where she was like actually like handled wrong and they really put her through the ringer as well. Right. Right. So it's like, do we watch that for art's sake or do we, you know, veto it? I, yeah, it's it just, definitely it's... definitely puts into like a sour taste in your mouth. I would never want, you know, a director to do that to me the stuff that i i've had done is basically like you know your dog just died and like that kind of thing <laughs> so like a picture of my dead dog which made me cry out of we'll get like the hierarchy the higher the strange hierarchy where it was like it was just one of the something yeah. they, they, they did that one on me and it worked yeah oh, goodness, i yeah. mean for for me acting wise too like substitution's always been big and big help for me so i always try to think of something if I have to have an emotional scene, something in my real life that really did make me, um, you know, upset and emotional. Um, and that's helped me uh, get a real performance. Um, but I'm also like, you know, a healthy person. I've worked through a lot of shit. So it doesn't hurt me to bring it back up, but it is useful, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Well, no, thanks. Thanks for the thanks. Thanks for the insight. And um yeah, I uh, and and on on like I said, I I really uh, I've seen a few of your films now. Like recent recently, seen some of the your older ones, and um, really appreciate your work there. I don't think that's to be missed. I think sometimes within um, you know acting or even within horrors, if you know, I think there's like I was trying to point to earlier, there's subtleties and things that are going on that are missed. But uh, I just wanted to let you know that I saw those uh, in the film; they're remarkably effective within the overall. Uh, of what you're doing so oh, thank you yeah, yeah yeah I think horror is doing like um I mean Jamie Lee Curtis won an Oscar which is awesome and she's a old scream queen so it's just yeah. really impressive you have Jordan Peele making like exceptional wonderful horror movies and getting like noticed as well which is so oh, awesome and great. I think you know horror is not to be you know we're not it's it it's you know acting in a horror movie is not easy no <laughs> and i i don't think a lot of people realize that to just run and cry all the time is takes a lot out on you so it's nice when horror gets recognized um by its peers i guess i should say well i think the public sometimes holds two things right like it's it's easy but i also recognize failure all the time within it right like she's not yeah. really or they're not believable and it's like i said i kind of kind of common conceptions of horror don't do any work for me as far as understanding anything so um i was jumping in we we stayed in the desert there but um uh just wanted to ask you about uh, your experience uh in, in in michigan and like you know acting and uh i i know you went to you studied film there so yeah. your trajectory what just want to Talk a bit about that experience and being there and working in film. Yeah, I mean, I grew up um, in the country, 10 acres of nothing. <laughs> that part um, of yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, uh, and I started, like I said, with dance and then um, a lot of community theater 
um, so much community theater growing up. Um, never, uh, like a lot of musicals. <laughs> um, and then when I went to college, my parents really wanted me to have a degree to fall back on. Uh, they didn't, they didn't want me to do drama. They did not want me to study theater. And all I wanted to do was study theater and do drama. <laughs> but I was making, I got a video camera when I was really young, like 14. And I was making videos with my friends and uh, my cousins. And what I really, what kind huh? of, what kind high of eight millimeter camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and then I also had, um, I had a like a super eight camera too. Like one of those camera. Yeah. And I just started making videos and I was in high school and someone asked me if I did weddings and I think I was like 16 and I was like, I could do a wedding. Yeah. Knowing nothing about what I was doing. Yeah. $500. Yeah. And then it, I just, it, and then it snowballed from there and I started making wedding videos. So my parents, I think saw that, and my dad had a recording studio. So I would um, make music videos for his bands that he was recording. And then I make wedding videos. And I think my, my mom's a nurse. So she's very logical on like having a degree and going to work. And my dad's more of the free spirit. So I think my dad would be more okay with me doing theater. But um, when I did tell my dad I wanted to be an actress, he's like, you want to be a waitress then? I was like, okay. Um, but I think they saw film as something that could bring in, um, could pay the bills. I think they saw thought that I could do wedding videography or make music videos like with local bands and stuff like that. Um, so when I decided to do film, they were like, that's okay. You can study film. Even though as soon as I graduated college, I left Michigan and moved to L.A. for acting. Well, you <laughs> could get away with anything you want if you just walked around and said cinema for a couple months around them. I mean, cinema. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so you got the you, you got the you got the film. And that's that's interesting to hear as far as um, I love I adore Super 8. I, my Super 8 camera is not acting the way it should, but my dad bought it in 73 because he wanted to take Super 8 of Little Kenny when he was like one, you know, and um, that I used that Super 8 camera for a while. And like, I can't, I couldn't adore something more than that little. Yeah, I think my, mine also was my dad's as well. My dad was also really into photography and stuff like that. So when I, when I did move to LA, he did give me a lot of like his old, like 35 uh, millimeter can uh like you know photography cameras sure, sure. and uh, some like a medium format camera he gave me to take out here and because when I was in college I would it was great being a film student and then being able to still I was still doing wedding videos and I was still doing music videos but instead of my just my high eight camera with like one camera I was able to like rent out you know three cameras and then pay my friends to like Dang. help. So I had like a whole boss lady, I had a whole little business going on. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, and then I came out to LA and I, I just stopped doing that. I wanted to really try to do acting. I mean, I came out here not knowing anyone. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I had no clue. I was, I was like, well. I'll start working, I guess, as a waitress, like my dad said. <laughs> See what happens. 
you had just like a deep familiarity with like working professionally with film already, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I did like in film school, we made movies, you know, we, that's what we did. And it was great because I would be in all my friends' movies in film school. Cause I was also, I had a theater minor. I was in the theater, I was still in the theater in college. Um, I just wasn't majoring in it. So I would still be in all my friends' student films and, I did my first like feature film. I was working as a PA in um, Detroit on a feature film and I got to be a waitress in it and a dead body. <laughs> that was like super cool. Waitress and dead body and the acting. It's all like this. It was and it was a horror movie. It was like a D&D horror movie. Um, D&D horror movie. Hey, this sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Game gone wrong, game gone wrong type of premise. It's like I think it, it's called Night Chills. Uh-huh. I don't even know where if it's even out there. Um, but I I know it's about a kid who played D and D who was made fun of, and I know that he dies, and he comes back as his big burly D and D character and oh, seeks okay. revenge on everybody that was mean to him. Yeah, like like barbarian or something. Yeah. Speaking, he of was what? a knight. He was a big knight. <laughs> okay. So it was, yeah, night chills. That's why K N I G H D. Well, I, I, you know, D and D is back on the big screen, and D&D yeah, never gone anywhere. As many of us, yeah. as many of us, uh, as many of us know, I was watching a documentary on the big scare around the D and D in the eighties and stuff like that. I don't, oh, yeah, I remember elements of that. I didn't realize it was such a big deal, like the engine of, like the devil or something like that it was much bigger of a deal than maybe i gave it credit for or paid yeah. it to at the time i think i did the island and i was in michael bay's the island i was a background person i did that when i was in michigan still i gotta find you in that film that's a cool film i love the environment in that one yeah i was actually just there with a friend who was working as a pa on wardrobe and i had done a hair show where my hair was really weird I was like a weird, like futuristic, odd haircut. And um, Michael Bay asked if I was background. And they're like, no, she's just helping out with wardrobe. And he's like, can you just have her in this shot, though? Because I like her hair. So I got to be in some shot that I think is even edited out. of the. <laughs> yeah. And it was really cool. I like never got, you know, never was on a big set like that before. Hey, and, that's how you get get in there. Should have just popped off and said you're in, you know, X Y Z scene. It's you know, you're right. around right now and be like, ah, shit. She said I like her hair. She's in those scenes too. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. But um, but yeah, I, yeah, I did another movie too out there. I can't remember what it's called right now. It's escaping me. But I know my mom went to set with me because she was nervous. Um, it was a night shoot. She didn't want me there by myself. Yeah. And I played a nurse, and so did my mom. My mom actually got to play a nurse because they were setting up some patient, and they put all the tubes in wrong. And my mom, being a nurse, was like going crazy. Catheter. You're like, you I can't watch this. Yeah, she's like, you're putting a catheter in someone's nose. It doesn't go there. <laughs> so they brought her onto set, and they're like, "Well, do you tell us what to do?" Oh goodness, yes, I can see how. How you both got involved for sure. <laughs> How she got yeah. involved. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, the, so you 
worked a lot uh, with film a lot, and you moved from Michigan in LA, and then you, yeah. you got you got involved. And um, yeah, I our, did a movie. It's funny. My dad, my dad did the all these audio for one of my movies, um, like mixing. He mixed the did all the stereo sound for a movie called Entrance. Um, which was crazy because he's in Michigan and the director of that was actually filming something else that he was working on in Michigan and on his days off would go to my dad's studio and they would mix the movie. And my dad was really sweet and did it for free. So very nice. <laughs> I, um, I, uh, had recognized before I'd seen a photo that you're a death Valley girls, uh, fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I had them on the show. I just want to tell you a quick uh, shout out to Death Valley Girls. Um, I had them. Uh, I was able to interview them before going into a, a small music club bar, Kelly's, uh, well known in, in in Portland, and then um, capture a bootleg inside. And it was so fun to interact uh, with them, and like they're definitely thinking of like creative energy and sharing and all that stuff. And then I had Sammy Westervelt, who's also. Uh, in the band on and soon i am having bonnie bloomgarden the lead singer and she we're gonna talk about ufos oh so she's um i i'm doing research but Susie, it was easier to do research for you i could watch you know your films and read about you um on the ufo thing i don't know which angle to take so my parents uh, saw so, ufo did they tell us yeah tell my my um my mom and dad were driving home uh late one night and we lived in the country like i said in michigan yeah and they came to a stop sign and a silver looking saucer looking thing came down right in front of them and it my mom describes it as almost like iridescently clear but still like had weird colors. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, she could see um, inside it and like things moving around inside. And then as quickly as it dropped down, it just vanished. And like the, the trees all shook and it was just gone. And that was and my mom and dad saw it. And, and that didn't was to, they didn't even know what to say to each other. They were just like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So whether it's a UFO, I mean, it's definitely a UFO, but whether it's aliens, I don't, I don't know. They don't know, but. Well, Bonnie Bloomgarden, Death Valley Girls, uh, uh, it's, it's nice to, it's nice to connect with you and then we'll uh, connect with them. I was watching the second season of Fargo again, and I forgot about the aliens motif that was in the second season of that show. So I was like super excited to see that again after uh, a few years, but yeah, uh, UFOs, uh, aliens. And uh, when I moved to Oregon, Southern Oregon, Man, I had so many people telling me stories. It's like a huge, the Oregon, or this strange, strange, strange place I live in. But the in the woods in, in southern Oregon, there's a ton of sightings of, um, you know, UFOs. And I've talked to people, you know, just had deep conversations with them. And they talk about it as this is like a central point or a location or something. And um I don't know. I, I don't know the whole, you know, the whole thing, but I was very, people were openly 
talk about well people talk to me about a lot of things but like just like <laughs> excited about it like and being like hey do you know and so so yeah, I mean on the, on the way to Ely Nevada you have to take the extraterrestrial highway for a little bit do you is that really yeah damn it's just, it's just I cool a, I got a road trip I've been reading too many Hunter S. Thompson books and thinking yeah. about I might have a road trip uh, uh, out of this. Okay, uh, Susie. I saw Death Valley Girls in in, in a yeah. concert in the desert. Did you? Yeah, that's how I found out about them. I went to a, con uh, a festival called Desert Days. That's and they were fun. just playing. And I was like, these chicks are rad. That's so I immediately bought their t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 a, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I've been interested in a lot of. I since I've been doing the podcast, collect connecting to like the collective energy of festivals, you know, of cons and things like that. It's just different there, and I found like it's cool to be at those music festivals. Um, I just, I, I, uh, I'm reminiscing. I went to Woodstock '94. I was talking about it to somebody recently, and I'm like. Woodstock, <laughs> 94 is 2023. Okay, 30th anniversary for Woodstock, 1994. That's awesome. Uh, coming, coming up. So um, the question is, Susie, okay. the, the question of the podcast is, uh, why is there something rather than nothing? Um, gosh, there's a really great, there's a really great piece of art at burning man this year oh i want to i want to look it up because i took a photo of it and it take, has to do with your, your question take your time yeah let's talk about and i want to know what it said because it 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 i feel like it's a it could be a great answer to this question and um so this year do you went to, recently to burning Man? i do I, yeah i go every year do you uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never been. I've never been. Uh, it's crazy and wonderful at the same time. Um, okay. Also in the desert. Also in an environment that is actively trying to kill you. Um, oh boy! So, you keep yeah. bringing that up. You keep bringing. It up. Um, okay, so your your question was say it one more time. Why is why is there something rather than nothing? But you'd have the answer on your phone. Well, I, I the the art piece is um, a big thing that says the only other thing is nothing. I like so, categorically the uh, the only other thing. Wow, so, I, think, I think you've tricked. I think you've. I think, I think I've like weirdly answered it, but made it more confusing. No, I think you might have provided another automatic answer. I really enjoy that answer. The other one, because I'm such a big Douglas Adams fan, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You can say the number forty two and get away and go on to the next uh, question and talk about your work. So I really, I really like that. I really like that a lot. And I like it came from Burning Man, uh, just talking about festivals and cons and stuff. Yeah, like and it came from the desert as well. So came from the, des the wisdom comes from the, the desert. That's what we've arrived upon. We didn't know how to say it earlier, but right. the, the, the wisdom, the wisdom of the, of, of the desert. Uh, Susie, how do how do listeners um, find 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 your film? Find where the films are. Or um, I I yeah, I think a lot of them. I have a bunch on Tubi. <laughs> you gotta love a free streaming service. I love um, Tubi, straight up. Yeah, there's a bunch on there. Um, I know there's a couple found footage ones um, 
that I've been in, uh, I recently had someone uh, tell me, they were like, oh, I saw your other found footage film. And I'm like, I've been in another one. <laughs> You didn't, need, you didn't get credits. I mean, this sounds like a union issue. My I just, I like, I forgot that it was a found footage element film. So I forgot that it, it was. I just, yeah. But uh, I don't, yeah. So there's like one on Tubi that was just released called Where's Amy Pressman that I did. It was my very first movie. So be kind. Um, oh, that's on, that's on Tubi. That's that's cool. I, I You know, I asked you the question, but uh, I know because I, on on Amazon, they have the horror in the high desert, which you can yeah. Watch. I was gonna say Amazon. I know there. I have a lot of movies on Amazon as well. Um, I think Entrance is still on Amazon. Um, that's a. I I feel like that movie was. I mean, that's the movie I I I have to give credit for being in to even get me to horror in the high desert. Um, because Dutch, the director of that movie, saw me in Entrance and saw me at a at like a coffee shop and basically waited for me outside the coffee shop to talk to me. And I, I thought he was joking when he was like saying, I'm a huge fan. And I'm like, oh, bullshit. He was like, no, I really am. Yeah. Um, and then we started talking and he was doing Infernum. And so I ended up being in Infernum and from Infernum went to into horror in the high desert. So um, I know entrance is out there. I, yeah, I, gosh, I wish I knew, wish I had more answers. I, <laughs> No, I think they're it's, out there somewhere. No, and I got the um horror in the high desert. I I I that's definitely Amazon and Tubi. Yeah, I purchased that one. That was a good price, and it was a good rental uh, price there. Infernum oh, was on uh, Amazon, and you know it's a you know it's streaming. It, this the the stuff's out there. It's great to um uh it's great, but yeah, folks, uh, a lot of stuff on uh, Amazon, and I you can find your film credits on IMDb. I've you know yeah. where you get where you get things. Uh, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I'm not a TikToker yet, though. Everyone keeps telling me I need to be. I uh, yes. I'm like I just feel too old. <laughs> no, it's uh. I'm very fascinated by TikTok. I don't like being fascinated by things for too long a time without being able to <laughs> make the effort or interact. Right. With. I don't like to have opinions from afar forever. Yeah. When something's dynamic with that, I, I I always am intrigued by what people can do with the video, you know, and there's dynamics right now that it's tough to, gain attention uh folks you know but i think um you know it's like podcasts face that and films yeah. and you know all that type of thing but um you know i think there's something about uh paying attention to what's there in in the quality and spending some time with art which is what i uh try to do because otherwise it feels facile and quick moving and just non-attentive so um i am a very big attentive fan of you Susie block uh and Thank you. Uh, so sweet <laughs> yeah and uh enjoy um your openness talking about like uh puppeteering and and, and horror and that uh and all that i got a lot of spooky stuff in the in the podcast which is pretty cool like painters who you know um kind of uh, one who does uh, watercolors based off old um, uh, old photographs, particularly oh, wow. of children, and brings them out in large size watercolor names Brianna C. Martins. And the a recent episode I recorded with Ryan Brosmer, 
just recently within the last few days, I was staying at the Hesita Head Lighthouse in Oregon, which is haunted. Oh, yeah. Ghost is a whole other thing. I could talk about that forever, too. <laughs> we can't leave. I don't know how much time you have. You gotta, <laughs> I know. I'm, just... I'm not ending this episode with when, we're, when we when we got to broach Ghost and I would talk and you would talk. So to t- tell, tell me some ghosts. I, I think I, yeah, I, d- I definitely think I can't tell if ghosts are ghosts or if it's um, just a, a weak spot in a multiverse. <laughs> I Keep mean, going with that. Keep going with that. <laughs> like, I really don't know if that's just like our two worlds kind of having like a soft spot. So we just see the other world or are we, are we, is it someone in a, in a past life or, or an entity or a supernatural of, of some sort? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I tend to go down rabbit holes on the internet about both subjects because I just, um, I saw a ghost once when I was younger and I, I saw something. I don't know what it was. Um, but I it's just like I don't know I don't know what it I can't explain it. So I just am fascinated and I want to figure it out. And I've still never been able to figure it out. You see but when when you saw the ghost, do you see it or do you it feel- was it was like a it was a moment where friends of mine broke we broke in um <laughs> to an abandoned Statue of limitations. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but we're waiting. Yeah, we broke into this abandoned like house um, that was in a in a campground uh, where I where I grew up. I won't say the campground so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> there you go. But we broke into. I said place. I'm not a lawyer. I wasn't giving you lawyer advice. I'm giving Just you. Say it. I, I don't know if I'll get in trouble, but I don't think I will. Um, we broke in and we heard it was haunted. Nothing really scary was happening. We were sitting in this little area, and all of a sudden. It looked like someone sat, there's like a cushy chair next to us. And it, and it looked like someone sat in the, in the chair. Um, and this happened right after my friend turned a light on. And then it looked like a, like some, like, you know, a butt print and a back print went into the chair. And as we saw that, we then noticed that the light wasn't plugged in yet. It was on. And then we ran as fast as we could like it scared the pajivas like we were just nope you think like in a every time i watch the the ghost adventures type shows yeah, yeah. i'm always like how do they stay around there when they hear or see something because i don't know. i i want to pee my pants and run like That's i hard. i was so that sequence for me too I just can't concern running concern. Yeah. Just like flight response completely, you know, activated and we were gone and I can never get it out of my head. I don't really know what happened. I also have like some really spooky noises. I caught once um, with my cousin, we were playing the Ouija board and I videotaped it. And there's two moments where there are whispers and a low growl. What? I still have that tape. Um, and I, and I don't know what that is either. And that, that, you know, that has stuck with me. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> wow. No, I, I, um, I haven't, I'm not the, um, like in my human, like regular human relationships, not ghost relationships. I don't have any, but like, I tend to be a, a, an empath. However, I'm not sensitive to, I don't find myself sensitive to 
the, whether it's that slippage from the multiverse or the other energies that are around us, I'm not particularly sensitive to that at all, though. I can get like the little hairs on the back of my neck stick up sometimes in situations and spooky like moments. Um, I had a roommate once who I think was haunted by something. So therefore my house was haunted. Like the lights would flicker a lot. Um, really, it just felt something spooky. And then as soon as she moved out, that went with her. Um, she ended up seeing a a witch doctor in South America, and he told her that she had an entity that she needed to have removed from her. Which I was believe just, in that stuff. This stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. And so I don't, I don't know if I'm sensitive to it, but I definitely just feel something feels off. If I'm in a place where I feel like I don't know, it just. It's like when you meet a serial killer, you're like, something's not right about this guy. I'm not going to go home with him. Now <laughs> that detector, you get going the other way. <laughs> like that, Yeah, it's like, it's the same feeling. It's like gut weird. I don't know. My cat sometimes here will, he'll he'll just meow in the dining room at nothing, like up. And my yes. roommate and I just joke yes. and we're like, it's a ghost. Or he sees the the weakness in the multiverse. I don't know. I tell you, you know, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some props there. I hadn't thought like I'm into multiverse stuff because I'm a comic book guy. Right. So now it's like an affects your head. But yeah, I, I, I always I always think of it like in maybe just always think about the ghost in terms of energy and maybe not so much energy transference of moving between uh realms so i'm i'm very fascinated uh by that that idea and we can get somebody on who's like a quantum physics person who explain how what we're saying there's the science behind it as well <laughs> yeah i mean there was a what's that there was a young kid that talked about um he like explained you know the mandela effect where you know people remember certain things a certain way and that's not the way it was as yeah. Because um, God, there was a YouTube of, YouTube video of him many, many years ago. He's like an 11-year-old kid. And he said it was when that big uh, atom collider was turned on. Yeah. I forget what it's called. In like Sweden or somewhere, they turned yeah. it on. Yeah, the, and, like the particle accelerator? Yes. Yeah. And everyone, like nothing happened. But in reality, something did happen. Um, our world imploded. But because multiverses are stacked on top of each other really closely, we just our matter because two different matters can't exist in the same place. So we just meld it in with the Susie below and maybe the Susie up top. Whoa. And so that's why we remember the two different ways things were because our brains are mush. It, I mean, it was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it made my it's brain. Philosophy psychology. Like, yeah. We're doing what we're supposed to do on this show. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, you know, I grew up going to Christian school, so I don't know if it's like something, you know, from I grew up Catholic hell or heaven. I, yeah, I grew up I Lutheran. Mean, so basically the same thing. We're just lazy Catholics. It's a yeah. ghost. It's a, you know, not, not being funny or anything like that, but just like the presence of ghosts and spirits is like yeah. headed. So, I mean, The Exorcist was uh, the scariest movie I'd ever seen when I was a kid. That movie. That movie. Hey, have you ever read the book, The Exorcist? No, I would the, only love to I, the only reason I mention is my dad, he, he, my dad is reading a lot more books in retirement than he did, but he'd always get on me. He said, Ken, I was like, I read the exorcist. You're a big book guy. You go to the university and all that shit. You got to read the exorcist. And like, I didn't, I didn't, I, maybe I was like, you know, like a snob to the exorcist book. Like, you got to read it. You got to read it. 
about eight years ago, I read it. I was blown away. It was so incredibly written, rich, psychologically, like, incredible. And I'm like, I called him up, like, sheepishly. I'm like, Ken Sr., I'm like, hey, dad, sorry. You yeah. told me you told me for 30 years, and I read it. He said, I told you. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, I love reading books. I read a lot of Stephen King. I read a lot of, I don't know, I love horror books. Um, I love even like uh, biographies of people's insane life stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I love to read. I love to read a book, too. Not like on my phone. Yeah. To, to, I like to, holding to, a book. Yeah. I think it's the, it's the old fashioned person of me that just wants the book. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I you know what? We've covered it all, but I'm sure we'll in the future we'll have to talk about uh, some more things. Maybe we'll drop. I think we have notes. covered a lot. <laughs> but for, for the for, maybe we'll do the Susie Block. Uh, we'll do we'll do some uh, book recommendations. I have. I'm thinking about your captured audio and what's going on with that. Um, I find it also um, uh, also fascinating. But um, you know what? Um, by the way, too, one of the things going on with the show where I'm really excited about is. Um, uh, I, uh, my day job's a union guy. I moonlight doing my art stuff and, um, the show has taken off and there are, there are things that I'm doing or things that I'm looking at, um, that are very much projected. And one of the things I like is that now when I have guests on, cause some of the things that I've done, the amount of time that I've been around and it's indie, it's do what, do, do it yourself. Like it's hustle, yeah. but my new episodes get 2000 downloads in three days. That's so, amazing. So like when we chat, like I know now that, you know, two to 11,000 folks will be listening to it like soon. And awesome. yeah, let me know too. I'll be sure to like put it on my social media. I'm trying much better to be a better social media person. <laughs> I'm so it's I always I'm like yeah. it's just hard to like update and and to keep and to post you know you gotta post a lot and you gotta it's just yeah I'm trying I'm trying better I part of me my I have a best friend who has a daughter who's like 17 and I'm just like can I just pay 50 bucks and have you do my social media that conversation. You know you're doing <laughs> like you really do like you would you would be able to do this for me just do it yeah well i um yeah i know what i know what you mean i i i struggle i struggle with those things like i i won't do it all with with the show because in, in a certain sense it's like again it's it's independent right and i don't have a uh there's a style and a tone and everything but there's not a what do you call it like a brand you know yet yeah. or anything like that. and that's not that's not how my brain works i'm not I, like it could have that. Like I totally yeah. believe in coherent understanding of what somebody's bringing, but I do think it's tough. Um, it's tough to do social media and what to say. Like I would, like I would be talking to you, Susie, and like I'm, you know, like open and direct. It'd be like I would say to you, like, like if like visuals that were around, scenes that you've done that I see a particular way, I'd be like that that and that and you point to it but it's tough to see like it's like what do people want to see right like what yeah. what should i show and i think what's cool about the, for the podcast 
I mean, however you want to do it. But one of the things I do is like with kind of like um, the audio clips and there's certain ways of doing this show that like, I feel it's fun to be ostentatious about it and being like, look at this conversation. This is really cool. And I'm telling you, it's really cool. Cause I know it's really cool. And here it, you know, like here, yeah. here, here it is. And, um, uh, the proofs within it all too. Yeah. You know, as you, as an artist, like you have to think the same type of way. Like I know what I did here and I know like, Somebody's yeah. gonna catch it. Somebody's gonna catch it. Maybe a ton of people will catch it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I try to post something, I don't know, every day, whether it's of my cats or I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing that day. Yeah. But I, I try to like I'm filming a movie um this week. So I'm gonna try to be really proactive on set and film stuff. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> you're still in practice so i'm gonna i'm gonna film it i'm gonna post I'm gonna it if i can there's not it. like an nda i'll post what i can no <laughs> so, doubt about it oh my goodness it doesn't okay. give away the this yeah. this little movie i'm about to do we'll see what happens um there's an actor in it uh david thornton um he's in a movie called the terrifier which it's bad of me but i have never seen I guess he plays I a clown. A terrifier. I think there's a sequel too. Yeah, he's the clown in it, I guess. Um, so a lot of buzz is happening about this little movie, and I'm not sure if oh, good. you know, if it'll what it'll turn out to be like, but we'll we'll see. I'm excited to film. I, I'm playing just a mom, <laughs> which is kind of funny <laughs> because I I don't feel like a mom, but uh, the the lead. I want to watch the mom scenes. I'm sorry. I know the lead. The lead of the movie is my kid. And um, he's like, uh, it's kind of like a really fucked up version of the sixth sense. I think that's what this oh, movie is. That's that's enough of. To, to... He sees like dead people and bad things, but he also wants to do bad things. So it's like a weird like yeah one final thing you said you're an animal lover yes i have a i mean i have a tattoo of my 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 dog that passed away on my my arm oh that's sweet can i see it it's hard to see it's okay Stella. it's upside down right uh, now that's, that's sweet. yeah that's sweet. um but yeah i have two two cats uh they were impulse buys i didn't buy them when i say that uh i like adopted them but i had a cat my my best cat ever passed away and I was feeling lonely. That's that's tough with the cats. And my friend was, she was like fostering six kittens. And I went over there to play with the kittens. Sure, just to play, just to hang out. Yeah. And then I, I left with two of them. So <laughs> I, someone uh, told me it's always best to have a buddy. And I was like, oh, I can't just take one. It'll be lonely. I'll take both. Yeah, you made it. So, you made a good yeah, choice. I, they've been, I love and hate them. Cause I haven't really had kittens. Um, I found my cat. He was like older Yeah. and kittens are a lot. Like they get into everything and no one really, I mean, I'm constantly like, no, get down or like a little spray bottle. They, are... they don't care. They will, they will, you will yell at them and they will do exactly what you just told them not to do again and again and again and again. Yep. But 
on the other hand, they are super cute and lovable and affectionate and want to. Well, my cat, my cat, uh, she's a, a, a wild child. She uh, got her, her, a, a, she used a lot of her lives early on when she was a kid and she uh, got her metal collar caught in like uh, uh, the plug-in for the lamp. And oh so she got shocked and shot across the room. And um, so check this out. And she was named as soon as she was <laughs> brought home. Her name's Mrs. Mia Wallace as well. <laughs> and after that happened, I'm like, oh, she's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I feel bad. I, I was watching American Idol and there was a contestant on their last season named Fritz Hag Hager Hager. And I was like, oh, that's such a cute name for a cat, Fritz. Yeah. And so that's what I named one of them, Fritz. Fritz. But he has like a, it's a German name. I didn't think about that. And Fritz has like a German freaking like Hitler mustache. And then I go and I name him a German name. And I was like, that wasn't oh, my intention. You got covered. No, you got covered. There's, um, actually, I don't know. This will provide you covered. There's the underground comic. There is. Someone told me Fritz the yeah. Cat. Fritz the Cat. Actually, that might not help your situation. You'll have to no, decide. No, he's, he's awful, too. His, I've, I've read <laughs> some of his stuff. He is, like, not PC whatsoever. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, different, different, yeah, Fritz uh, the Cat. But he, it suits his name because he's, like, he just looks at you like he's just on the Fritz all the time. Like, something is just, like, yeah. not right. That and is. then my roommate, I let my roommate name the other one. And she's really into like um a disney and those type of like action you know heroes and stuff and he has like a black mask yeah, yeah. like this and so she named him dash after the youngest in the uh, cartoon the incredibles the incredibles yeah but he also fits his name because he's just like <laughs> like he dashes like all over the house so. <laughs> they were named before their names like fit them but they're exactly like your cat the the name does suits them this they is named mia wallace i think she came home as brie you know how it goes right you yeah. go to the shelter they were they were basil and <laughs> my friend had named them all after seasonings basil and something else i can't remember right now but yeah tarragon like cat, yeah, i don't know <laughs> cilantro or something i can't remember. oh that is so cool yeah. so yeah. cool Susie, I just want to thank you for spending the time. It's been uh, a, a real great pleasure. And I got to tell you, um, too, there's on my side, there's a real fun effect that I'm honest about of, you know, I've been watching your films and then being able to chat with you right after um, the research, as I admit, it is a little bit easier with <laughs> with film than other things. But um, yeah, uh, I just really appreciate you spending the time and, and talking about. Yeah. You know, different things we're chatting about thank so. you are you kidding this has made my sunday for sure this has been awesome very very Even, cool yeah to be asked to be on a podcast is just it's really cool so i appreciate you thank you this is well this yeah is yeah yeah your art is your art is your art is, is is seen uh within this and um you know uh i think it'll be really cool of everybody listeners um we chat a little bit about Death Valley Girls with that UFO episode. I might have to call in uh, Susie's special correspondence sometime. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. But um, 
thanks so much for uh, coming on the show and uh, great success in any uh, desert adventures as well. Oh, thanks. You too. All right. Thank you. This is Something Rather Than Nothing. 